Hi everybody, welcome to Busy Living Soba. Busy Living Soba. I'm dancing here and Louise is looking at me like I'm absolutely crazy, which I am. Hi, Weezy. <laughs> Hi, Elizabeth. How was your weekend? Oh, the weekend was great. We, What'd you do? I did mom stuff. I went to a, my son had a football game. My daughter had a soccer game. And um, we just kind of stayed around the house, got organized, cleaned a bit. Went got ready for school. Yeah. Yeah. So we had school started last week. So that was, that was fun. Everybody settled. Well, it's really interesting because my top, our topic today is going to be sacrifices and sacrifices that we make so that we have self-respect. In the end, we get self-respect. And I was talking about this earlier today with a bunch of people and, you know, I thought about the sacrifices that I made when I decided to get sober and I was like, oh my God, I have to make all these sacrifices. And in the end would be self-respect. And I didn't understand what that was when I was first getting sober. You know what I mean? Like self-respect. Because yeah. I remember people talking about being sober and like having this life that's like beyond anything you could ever imagine. And all I could think about was like, okay, I'm committing myself to not drinking. Okay, that's a huge sacrifice. And with that sacrifice, I also cannot hang out with certain people. I can't go to certain situations. I kind of like my life changed dramatically and I was like, oh my God, I'm making all these cer cer uh, sacrifices and I want everybody to put on a parade for me because look at me, I gave up drinking. So I've made all these sacrifices so that I can be a good girl and I'm not gonna drink. And with that, I had to do all these other things and everybody knows that I go to 12 step meetings. So I did a 90 and 90 and I did all these crazy things that they told me to do. But the sacrifices I was thinking about today, like I sacrificed, you know, we sacrifice a lot when we get sober, but in the end, what we get is truly self-respect. Like the ability to have, like, I have to say, you know, with having 13 years and my kids having a sober mom, that sacrifice of giving up drinking and putting so much energy in working on myself and what made me tick and why I was drinking so much and identifying my alcoholism and realizing I needed a posse to deal with my life and that I needed friends and I needed to do self-examination and doing all those things gave me this ability to have this life that is beyond my wildest dreams and it is like unbelievable because I have, like I know who I am now. I don't have the shame that I used to have. I don't have the self, I don't have the regrets. I don't have the remorse. But don't you believe that we sacrifice a lot when we come in? Like we do, We. I mean like I didn't hang out with a lot of people for a long time. Yeah, maybe it's the word sacrifice that's tough for me. Um... But it means to give something up. Like, did you sacrifice? Right, I know, but in my head, I'm thinking sacrifice means that it's a, like you're giving up something regrettably. Um, no, it doesn't have to have a negative connotation, right? right? And, but to me, it does. So, right. so I just have to switch so, my So, but let's, let's just second. use this. So, did you, so how much did you sacrifice to drink? Let's talk about what you sacrificed to drink. Okay. That's a good way. Okay, yeah. Because so, if you want to do negative, let's talk about the negative things that happened <laughs> well, when you were sacrificing what you were gonna for to drink to drink alcohol. What did you sacrifice? I sacrificed time with friends, time with family, time with children. My children. Um, you know, it was really about time. 
I sacrificed a lot of time. And what about the energy? Valuable time. What about money? And I gave up, well, I, I spent a lot of money, um, whether it was just on the actual liquor or if it was on stuff, crap that, you know, I, I normally wouldn't want, you know, shopping online and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, it's, it, it, you know, I, I did it. You sacrificed me. I mean, I know for me, I sacrificed. I definitely sacrificed certain friendships. I sacrificed my kids. I would, you know, I didn't care. I mean, so that I'd wake up in the morning and I'd be like, all right, go play in traffic because I sacrificed all those memories I could have had. All the, and it is time. We sacrifice time and we think, oh my gosh, I've got to put all this time into recovery. But how much time did I put into drinking? A lot. Yeah. A lot of time. And so taking that time now, and for me and you, we go to, you know, 12 step meetings and I go to a lot of them and that's a lot of hours of the week and of a day. I spend a lot of time on my recovery because I believe that if I don't, I could relapse because I still, I think sometimes it's harder with 13 years than it is with eight, almost 19 months. You know, it's like, it's hard to remember and realize how bad it was and to realize how, because the gifts come back pretty fast, don't they? Yeah, they you get do. Sober. You they get, do. They come back really fast. And you know, it, I was talking, I was at um, the prison last night and we were talking, there was a, such a, a, it was actually a good mix of people because everybody was coming from a different angle and there were some people in there that have already gone through some steps in the program and, um, were completely committed to recovery and then there were those who were really struggling um, and when you say sacrifice it just makes me think of our my conversation last night with them because there was so there was so much um, discussion about the things that they will give up or the things that they can't have anymore when they are um, when they get out of prison, the things that they, I, I guess a lot of it was just the, I won't want to say craziness, but the, just the excitement and the, you know, all this, well, I'll say craziness because I don't have another word, um, with their addictions, whether it was drugs or alcohol, and that they just don't know what their life's going to be like. And it, and it wasn't what was hard for me or challenging for me to, talk to them about was the fact that they aren't there yet like they they see those things as things that they truly have to give up and then maybe that was why I got confused in the beginning of our conversation or not confused but th thinking of the word sacrifice but they definitely were in a mindset that they were giving up so much that they did not want to give up where they didn't want to sacrifice their boo their friends because here's the definition i think it's really funny because you because it's a negative connotation so i'm going to read you guys 
the definition, and I think this is from Merriam-Webster, and it says, okay, it's a noun, an act of slaughtering an animal or person or surrendering a possession as an offering to God or to a divine supernatural figure. They offer sacrifices to the spirit, the ancient laws of animal sacrifice, an animal person or object offered in a sacrifice, an act of giving up something valued for the sake of something else regarded as more important or worthy. We must all be prepared to make sacrifices. The Christian church, Christ offering himself to the cruci crucifixion. So I love... Okay, that is perfect. I'm glad, right. you, I'm glad you got that out. Because yeah, because it's not, it makes sense now. So like an act of giving up something, something valued for the sake of something else regarded as more important or more worthy. Like how much more worthy is it to be able to be present mm -hmm. with your family? Like, I know when I was drinking, even if I was drinking and I wasn't drunk, I wasn't present. Yeah, exactly. And I think that when people are sitting, it's interesting because look at these people. They're sitting in a prison. They're sitting and they can't do what they want to do. They can't walk outside when they want to walk outside. They can't go to the mall. They can't buy something on the internet. They can't do anything. They have to go to the bathroom when they're told to go to the bathroom, right? I mean, it's pretty like much you're in jail. Yeah. And you would think that that consequence of their drinking or drug use, they'd realize, oh my gosh, I have done, I've picked the booze, the drugs, the everything else. I've sacrificed having a life of freedom, mm -hmm. having a life of choice. That's how cunning, baffling, and powerful. <laughs> well, I know. And I did say that last night and because that that is the best example of how cunning baffling it is because these people you know some of them are most worried about getting out and being bored when you would think that they just I don't you know even if someone stuck them in a house with without anybody for you know a month just getting out of prison alone would be a gift in itself but they they are scared of that of the boredom of the normalcy and normalcy came up a couple times they don't like normal they don't it scares them it's boring to them well normal and i've said this many times like normal to me is a piece of wonder bread right a piece of white wonder bread because a white wonder bread has what on nothing it's got nothing it's plain doesn't really have any flavor it's got that i think manufactured brown crust around it i don't even know if that's real crust i have no idea but that to me is normal i don't know anybody who is quote unquote normal like a piece of wonder bread every person walking on this planet has some nuts some people have oats right some people have multi-grain some people are 12 grain i mean i think you and me might be the 12 grain variety because we have so many things that we like to do and i embrace that right but normalcy, like to think like you have sacrificed your entire life that you could be having this life that's beyond your wildest dreams, getting the things that you want to get, but you know, and having dreams, having aspirations, but your dream, if you don't realize it, the drugs and the alcohol, that dream has taken you to prison now. Okay. You've probably already been to treatment. You've already been arrested probably before. And now your consequences are being locked in a box, being told what to do. 24 7. yeah yeah and, it, and it's 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 baffling to me 
that that it is that these these women or some of them and they're all really like I said they're all coming from different places you know in their minds but and and they're all in you know some of them been there for a while some just got there um, but I think it's it's that they came from such chaos in such you know craziness and then they go into to prison and there really is nothing to do all day long other than clean and in in the place that they're at they can watch TV um, but that's it there's no getting prepared to get out there's no I mean, there, so there's nothing they're not working on themselves unless they just can do it themselves Unless they put the effort in themselves. No, there's no structure. There's no, there's no. no resources. No. There's nothing there. No, this with how many people that are in prison, it's not our government. At least I don't believe, I don't know if you believe this, but I don't believe it's my government. I don't think it's the job of our, you know, we aren't supposed, if you go to prison, you're not, it's like, not like you win the lottery and I get to go to self-help rehab. You know what I mean? It's not like that. I think that if you go to prison, you obviously, if you are given the option for drug court, I mean, I know a lot of people get off for drug court. I know a ton of people that get get offered to go to drug court. And in lieu of going and having a productive life where they're following the rules, they're not drinking, they're, um, you know, talking to their PO or whatever, they drink anyway. They don't follow the rules. They don't want to go. They don't want to surrender. Their ego is so big. And that's what I hear so much of is ego, right? Ego, ego, ego. I, what am I going to be bored? I need to go out there and entertain myself. I need to go get, I need to go do drugs. I can't, I can't, I can't fathom being in life without being on drugs or alcohol. Well, I mean, I, I will speak for myself. I mean, I, I had those those years that I thought that as well I mean I did I I, and I and so you remember that mm -hmm. and I because I and I want everybody to I mean I hate measuring bottoms because everybody's bottom and we talked about that last week is totally their own but I know for a fact that Louise had a very low bottom I mean Mm -hmm. your bottom I mean you were gonna die I mean you were you might not have gone to jail yet right but but you were living in jail you were living in your own personal jail yeah Absolutely. And when you think back to that, those times, and you had been in treatment, and you had been out of treatment, and you went to treatment and it didn't work, it worked for three months. It worked because, and I explained this last night, I mean, it, it didn't work because I didn't, uh, I didn't ever admit that I was powerless over alcohol. I mean, it's as simple as that. I did, I did not admit that. I didn't want to. I didn't think I had to. Did you, but did you think that, but did you know, like the first time before getting down to brass tacks, do you, did you think you were an alcoholic when you went to the first rehab? I knew I was, I knew I had a problem. I knew that so many things in my life had, had gone wrong because of, just because of alcohol, but I still was looking for that loophole. I still was looking for that that one thing that I hadn't found that was going to get me, you know, was going to be my ticket, you know, out. And I was going to be able to do it differently than, you know, the other millions of people that couldn't figure it out. But I was going to figure it out. And so I just didn't, I, I was not willing to give it up. I was too scared. And I told them last night, I said, I, I was the one that was scared to, to go, 
to to go to you know AA to go to a twelve step program and and have friends that didn't drink and what was that going to look like and you know how boring is that so when they were talking last night to me about normal and boring I I, I understood it I could relate to it because I felt it and so and now we're going to go forward with that so the sacrifice you thought that you were going to have to make when you left turned out being my biggest gift but but when you, the first time when you left treatment and you were in this place that these people that you could relate to last night were in the state of like I'm not going to sacrifice my drinking for a boring life right I'm not going to sacrifice my life that is like totally out of control. I'm getting in trouble with my family, my husband, my kids, everybody who loves me. That's how strong and powerful the alcohol was. But I think that it's deeper than that. I think that it's the inability, for me at least, was the, the fact that I didn't want to feel. I didn't want to have to have feelings like I was a loser. I am a loser. I am a loser. I am a loser. And if I have those feelings, I'm going to, if I like face my reality and face my past and look at it, I'm going to break like Humpty Dumpty. I really believe that. Like that's how I drank. And so the thought of like having, I, I never drank like a lady, they say. Like I was never a teetotaler. I mean, I drank and excuse my French, I'm going to say I wanted to get fucked up. I wanted to not feel anything. I wanted to be in oblivion. And that's what I did every time. And how messed up I was is that I thought that if I didn't black out, it wasn't a good night. Yeah, and, and I always thought that, I mean, I was I was so aware. And this was, you know, my, my conversation to myself on my hour commute in the morning was always, you know, well, tonight you won't drink, tonight you won't drink, tonight you won't drink. And then you know the anxiety and just the stress that I had about relationships and everything that I just wanted to numb my brain about um, it you know it became it was just I, I, I weighed it and I, I would do it every single night and I would weigh the fact that okay I know tomorrow I'm gonna feel horrible my problem tonight that I want to completely suppress um, is going to still be there tomorrow. I get that. I, I wasn't dumb. I just drank. Um, and I knew that the next day all those things would be right right there. But it was enough for those five hours of consciousness that I was, you know, became unconscious. But for the five hours that I would be drinking and numbing those feelings and and just being able to breathe, or at least I thought I was, um, it was enough. It was enough of a, a trade. I would do it every single night, knowing what was going to happen the next morning. And I still did it every night because all I wanted were those five hours, six hours of not feeling what I was feeling. So you'd sacrifice all those things just to not feel. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? It is crazy. And now, sitting here 18 and a half months later, aren't you 18 and a yeah. half? Yeah. Yeah. Did you get your 18-month coin? I did. Okay, good. Um, you're 18 months and a half later, and you're sitting here, and now do you have the self-respect that you were looking for the whole time? Absolutely. And 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 I told, um, and I was talking to the women last night saying that, and, and, I, and I was, I was, um, I noticed there was that there was a shift with them, and they were really paying attention to when I was talking about because you know I certainly a lot of them have months now of sobriety, but it's only because 
they have no choice. They're sober. <laughs> they're locked up. Yeah, they're locked up, and they can't. I mean, I'm sure they can get whatever, but you know, the the bottom line is that they're sober because they have to be, and so. The thought of getting out and what that was going to look like, I, I was, we were talking about the, you know, not going to places, not going to restaurants where there's the bar and not, you know, how all those, all those things that I thought were way over the top, you know, just enough, okay, I can go into a restaurant where there is a bar and I could sit near it and I'm not going to be tempted. Um, but but the the bottom line is that doing all those things that they say and you know not having a relationship and not getting involved all those things all of them not just one or two all those sacrifices spe- you all made. those sacrifices paid off because it really does get you to a place of self-respect I mean you you just it you it just happens and you're you feel I feel so much more solid and I know that if I had been in or tried relationships that failed or you know it would have just it would have derailed me and who knows where I'd be right now I mean it is crazy the the sacrifices that we make and the sacrifices that I make now to get to where I'm you know where I'm going I mean I remember I I said this morning I mean I remember my kids being like I'm like I'm going to I'm going out and they're like okay see you in an hour and then I'd come back and then sometimes they'd say, all right, you need to go spend that hour somewhere else besides in here, mom. And I'd be like, okay. And little did I ever know. I mean, I remember going, being so scared to make that sacrifice. Like I'm not gonna see these certain friends. And I did not see, and I still to this day don't really see a lot of those people. It's not that I don't like them and I don't love them as human being. It's just I don't have anything in common with them anymore. Like my life has changed so much. Like I don't want to talk about jeans or where to go shopping. I, I don't care about that stuff. I mean, yeah, I sometimes talk about it with you, but we, it's like also we also have deep conversations too. Mm-hmm. Like it's interesting. I was talking to somebody yesterday and she was like, oh my God, we just like to go deeper than most people. And it's true. We like to go deeper. You know, we want to, we don't want to just talk surface. We want to say, how are you feeling? I mean, I hadn't talked to you in a couple of days and I'm like, okay, what's going on? How are you feeling? And I really care how you're feeling. Like what's going yeah. on in your head? I haven't talked to you all weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, like keeping, having people that you can really be honest with that know that they like, and I'm not judging you. I'm just like, I want to know that how you are. Yeah. It's learning to love someone and that self-respect you get from making those sacrifices of saying, all right, I'm not going to hang out at the bar. I'm not going to hang out with those certain people. When somebody calls me and wants to do some, whatever it is, I might have to say, you know, I can't do it right now. I, I, I have to make that sacrifice to be there for my kids. And you have the, the, the luxury of being able to, or the, you know, you, not just you, but in, in general, people that, you know, the people that were in prison and the people that I talked to, a lot of them, a lot have the, the, challenge of getting out and and having people not just friends and people that they hung out with that they did drugs with or drank with they have people in their homes that they're going home to the only home that they can go home to that they are going that that are still using imagine that 
Oh, and I know that, I mean, I was, you know, I've spent, and I mentioned it on here. I mean, this past weekend, I just was with 20 plus women that are sober. And there's actually a retreat and it's called Sisters of Sobriety, if you want to Google it. And it's going to be in Atlantic City, New Jersey, the weekend of the 25th, 26th, and 27th of October. And I was there and there was a woman who sacrificed her kids. She got her kids taken away. And that didn't make her stop. And she left court. I, she talked about how she left court. And she was like, I left court. They took my kids. I mean, my kids were taken from me. And I could never get them back because of my drug and alcohol use. And she's sober today. And she's and she actually is raising her grandson. And she got custody of him, which is a miracle in itself. But, you know, if there's a will, there's a way. And I believe that the people that have to go home, the night, you know, if you go to a meeting, there are so many people that are willing to help you, that will take you under their wing, that will give you resources, will give you a place to go. If it has to be a sober house, if it has to, I mean, I know those resources are there. I know they're available in Philadelphia. I know they're in the Northeast. I know they might not be in this neighborhood that we're in, but I know that they are around. And if you're willing to leave and ask for help and you really want to change, you can do it. Yeah, and, and that goes along with what I said to them. And it was just a very, you know, honest statement that basically said, you know, be prepared or get comfortable being uncomfortable. Right. For as long as it takes. Because those are, that is what I think and I have found in talking to people and trying to do the service that I'm doing that I have found that the, the biggest obstacle is as soon as stress comes up, as soon as anxiety comes up, or as soon as confrontation or, or going home to, to a house that has people using, that is just that, that moment, that quick, quick thought that, you know, well, what else do I do? I'm going to use. And then it's right back to the same thing. And it's just being able to have someone that you can reach out to. And I, you know, I've told you, I've always given them my number and my email and everything. Um, you know, I'm not flooded with phone calls or anything. I think most of them are still there. You know, they haven't had the opportunity to get out. But, you know, it's, it's, that is, it's so critical, the timing of, you know. But it's realizing for me, you know, a spirit is a spirit, right? A spirit, a licorice, they call it spirits. I mean, back in the day, they used to call it a spirit store. And, you know, if you realize that you want to go and you want to get sober, you it's like you need a spiritual change. I mean, it's Sigmund Freud even said it. I mean, and to go and do the steps and realize that once, if you have this disease of alcoholism, it has nothing to do with willpower. It has nothing to do with how much money you have. It has nothing to do with any of those things. What it has to do with is that you're powerless over it. Once you get that drink in your head, you are off to the races. It, there was no control. You know, there was no control. There's no control for me once I pick up a drink. Once I pick up a drink, I am off to the races, and I know you are too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't stop. No. You have one drink. You have how many? Uh, however many hours are left in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's not a choice. And to be, that becomes your God. It becomes your God because you have no control over it. It has nothing to do with what you want to do and what you don't want to do and who you want to live with and who you don't want to live with. It's the reality is I drink, I get drunk. Reality. That's it. 
There's not, I'm going to drink and I'm going to be a lady and I'm going to look pretty and my whole life is going to look pretty and I'm a bigger house and I'm a bigger this. Da, 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 da. No, there's no choice left. So to think that if you put down a drink that you can have self-respect, wow. But you're going to have to do some, it, it takes some work. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy going into a room and saying, I want help. It's hard to ask for help. Nobody, I mean, we all have this humility. We all want to be seen. I mean, I have, the, I'm not very humble. I'm trying to be more humble, but being humble is like being, wanting to be recognized even less than, you, like, it's like you want to walk into a room and just be just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be any better than anybody else. I don't want to think that I'm better than anybody else because I'm not better than anybody else. I have this disease and I think I can just say this. I have this disease that wants me dead every single solitary day. So unless I make a change and I make a decision each morning to say, God, please keep me sober today. And at night, thank you, God, for keeping me sober. And whatever that God needs to be for the person that's listening. If the God needs to be the doorknob, if it needs to be the piece of art on the wall, if it has to be the ceiling, if it has to be the tree, if it has to be the clouds whatever it is you know we have an acronym for it and it's good orderly direction <laughs> i love that and that good orderly direction gives me a life that's beyond my wildest dreams and it's my dreams are not what i thought they were before it's just like being able to be with my kids like you talked about like god i miss so much i don't want to miss anymore yeah do you agree Mm-hmm. i do it's like amazing. I hope those ladies in prison get it. I do too. That's why I keep going back, you know? Yeah. It's awesome that you go. I love going. I really love going. And I told them, I said, I get as much out of it. You know, I get as much out of them as they get out of me. And that's the whole, that's what it's, that's what it's for. It's amazing. Yeah, it's great. It's really great. Well, until next week. And by the way, if anybody has any topics, if you hear something and you're like, gosh, I'd like for them to talk about this, reach out to us at busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y, at busylivingsober.com. You can find our email address on busylivingsober.com, B-U-S-Y, livingsober.com. And I'm also on all the social media sites and all the rest of it. But I want you to know that you're not alone in making the sacrifice as hard as it seems. And doing it just one day at a time is what's really important. One day at a time. And sometimes it's a minute at a time. Sometimes it's just 60 seconds that you just have to get through. Call somebody. Don't be alone. Don't make this be alone. Don't be alone because you don't have to be alone. I promise I will reach back out. And so will Wheezy. So until next week, keep getting busy living sober. Bye-bye. <laughs>